This is most certainly true. In the greatest act of selfless mercy, God sent His own Son into our world to die for your sins. And we can't stop talking about it. We now present this sermon, recently delivered at Grace, to you. This morning's first reading is from Jeremiah chapter 15. Jeremiah understood that God had a purpose for the suffering in his life. He called on God for the strength he needed to overcome and trusted in the promises of the Lord. These words will serve also as the basis for today's sermon. Lord, you understand. Remember me and care for me. Avenge me on my persecutors. You are long-suffering. Do not take me away. Think of how I suffer reproach for your sake. When your words came, I ate them. They were my joy and my heart's delight, for I bear your name, Lord God Almighty. I never sat in the company of revelers, never made merry with them. I sat alone because your hand was on me, and you had filled me with indignation. Why is my pain unending and my wound grievous and incurable? You are to me like a deceptive brook, like a spring that fails. Therefore, this is what the Lord says. If you repent, I will restore you, that you may serve me. If you utter worthy, not worthless words, you will be my spokesman. Let this people turn to you, but you must not turn to them. I will make you a wall to this people, a fortified wall of bronze. They will fight against you, but you will not, but will not overcome you, for I am with you. To rescue and save you, declares the Lord. I will save you from the hands of the wicked and deliver you from the grasp of the cruel. The word of the Lord. The second lesson from Romans chapter 8. There's a cross for Christians to bear. Jesus assures us that that is true. But he assures us of something else. It's worth bearing that cross because of the crown of glory that comes through his love. Paul says, I consider that our present sufferings are not worth comparing with the glory that will be revealed in us. For the creation waits in eager expectation for the children of God to be revealed. For the creation was subjected to frustration, not by its own choice, but by the will of the one who subjected it, in hope that the creation itself will be liberated from its bondage to decay and brought into the freedom and glory of the children of God. We know that the whole creation has been groaning as in the pains of childbirth, right up to the present time. Not only so, but we ourselves, who have the first fruits of the Spirit, groan inwardly as we wait eagerly for the adoption to sonship, the redemption of our bodies. For in this hope we were saved. But hope that is seen is no hope at all. Who hopes for what they already have? But if we hope for what we do not yet have, we wait for it patiently. The word of the Lord. I wish I had known what I was getting myself into. Have you ever said those words, or at least thought them in your head? 
Maybe it was a, a time where you volunteered to go and help your friend move, and when you got to their apartment, found that they hadn't even started packing any boxes yet. It's going to be a long day. I wish I'd known what I was getting into. Or perhaps it's that time where you volunteered to babysit your brand new little grandchild or niece and, or nephew so that mom and dad can go and have a nice quiet night to themselves. And as soon as the parents walk out the door, the little baby just starts screaming and crying and you can't figure out a way to get this little child to calm down. What have I gotten myself into? Or perhaps as you are starting up school and classes, whether it's a course you chose for credit or maybe some continuing ed or a master's class, and you're super excited about it because it's an interesting topic, it's going to further your career, make some more money, that is until you go to the first class and see the syllabus and 100 plus pages of reading every night and countless papers and assignments and you wish you had known what you're getting yourself into. You know, often that phrase, that statement is made with just a little tinge of regret, isn't it? You know, if you were to continue it, if I had known what I was getting into, or I wish I had known what I was getting into, because this is not what I expected, or because this is hard, or because I don't want to do this anymore. If I had only known what I was getting into... Has that phrase ever come up when it comes to your faith? I wish I had known what I was getting into when I became a Christian or when I joined this church or when I started sharing my faith with someone and talking religion. You know, the Christian faith is filled with these treasures, the joy and comfort, the peace and hope, the purpose and the meaning of life. And we treasure these gifts. But you know the other side of it too, don't you? You've experienced it. The troubles that you will go through and the fact, the the truth, that being a Christian can be really hard at times. Not everybody agrees with Scripture and accepts it as truth. Some people will make you feel ashamed because of your faith and will even tell you you're not a very good Christian And you know how hard it is to try to keep God's law in your life and his commands and live according to his will and just how quickly your conscience and the world around you will attack you and let you know when you've done it wrong. Some people will make it really hard for you to try to live differently than the unbelieving world. And truthfully, suffering often comes into the life of the Christian. Jesus in the gospel today said that if you are going to be his disciple and follow him, that you need to take up and carry your what? Did he say pick up and carry your nice, soft, fluffy pillow? Did he say take up and live this nice, easy, prosperous life as a Christian? No. Jesus said take up and carry your cross and follow me. The cross the object of suffering and death. Jesus is saying that suffering is going to come into the life of the Christian and that is a hard truth to comprehend and to accept. 
As we look at God's word this morning, though, today from the Bible, God addresses this hard truth. That suffering is going to come into the life of the Christian, and in fact, suffering is going to come because you are a Christian. Now, maybe you're thinking in your mind right now, I wish I had known what I was getting into this morning when I came to church, and that Pastor Strong was going to make such a beautiful picture of what Christian life is like. I would have stayed home this morning, or maybe turned my live stream to something else. But don't do that. Stay with me. You see, I get it. I get the challenge that it is when we realize that suffering is going to come into our lives because of our faith with Jesus. That's a hard truth to swallow. But to really understand this hard truth, we're going to look at God's word and see not just the truth that suffering is going to come, but the truth of the encouragement that God offers to you to stand up when that suffering does come. So to understand that truth, we're going to look this morning at a conversation that took place between God and the Old Testament prophet named Jeremiah. And just to set the stage a little bit, Jeremiah was called by God to be his spokesman to the people of Israel. And for you history buffs out there, this was about the time, um, or the, uh, the time was about 620 B.C. when Jeremiah began his ministry, about a hundred years after the northern half of the kingdom of Israel had been conquered and carried off by the superpower nation of the Assyria. Now, God had allowed that nation to come in and carry off those people of Israel because of their unbelief, which led to idolatry and wickedness. And so now Jeremiah is ministering to the remaining Israelites there in the southern part of the kingdom. And those people at this time were not all that much different in their attitude towards God than their former brothers and sisters from the north. Jeremiah had the less than desirable and the challenging job of proclaiming to his community, his people, the message of God's anger and the judgment that is going to come upon them because of their sin and wickedness and unbelief. He had to go and to tell his people that they were living life the wrong way and that they needed to correct it. They needed to change their ways. Well, guess how the people of Israel reacted to this message? Probably quite similar to the way we react when someone tells us we're doing it the wrong way. They hated not only the message, but they hated the messenger too. And they made life miserable for Jeremiah. He suffered so much, he was cast out from among them. They persecuted him. And Jeremiah found himself suffering all for following faithfully his Lord. That's what sets the stage for the plea that Jeremiah offers up to God today in Jeremiah chapter 15. It starts this way. Lord, you understand. Remember me and care for me. When Jeremiah found himself suffering at the hands of this world and of the people around him, he went nowhere but to God. He went to his Lord who he knew understood his troubles and his suffering. To God who alone could offer him the peace and the comfort and the strength to overcome these challenges and sufferings. And we know that Jeremiah had this faith as he acknowledges in the next verse. When your words came, I ate them. 
In other words, he took God's word and his promises and he took them into his heart and into his life and he put them to practice. He found nourishment and strength in God's word and promises to him. And he turned to his Lord and found great joy and delight in them. My friends, it's those same things that bring us such joy and delight. You know, God's word and his promises, his promises that his unwaver, of his unwavering presence in your life and of his continuous providence each day in your life and his understanding and forgiving heart for you and his gift of eternal life, these are the reasons why you are here today. And the things that bring you the exact same joy and delight that, that Jeremiah experienced. God gives to you in his word and in his promises a comfort and a peace and a hope that this world can't come close to really giving you. And to know the love of God that is so amazing and so great that he would send his only son into this world to pay the penalty for all of your shortcomings, all of your sins, we surely don't deserve this. But God gives it to you freely and lovingly. Praise God. And it's this joy that we want to live in and this relationship with God we want to experience each and every day and we want to share this good news with our community, with our people. But you know how often and how quickly that joy is covered by the clouds of suffering that comes because often of that very faith. Jeremiah looked at his suffering and he realized that he was suffering because of his trust in the Lord. Think of how I suffer reproach for your sake, Lord. I sat alone because your hand was on me and you had filled me with indignation. He was thinking in his head, Lord, here I am faithfully serving you, doing the work you've set before me, following you, trusting you, and this, this life is what I get in in return? He's suffering, he's ostracized, he's alone. And finally, at the end of of his plea, he even accuses the Lord God of being undependable. You are to me like a deceptive brook, like a spring that fails. Jeremiah went to the Lord looking for peace and comfort and he found it empty as though God had failed him. Pretty harsh words, aren't they? You're a deceptive brook. But words that I don't think are all that often too far from our own lips. The truth is, being a Christian is hard. We live in a world where the the Christian faith and morals are, are put under pressure and attack where the Christian voice is, is told to be quiet, is ridiculed, is told that you are out of touch with reality, and maybe even so far as being called a bigot for following the truths taught in the Bible. And our society challenges you and makes you make tough decisions in life. 
from what you're going to watch on TV or in the movies to how you're going to spend your time and money to whether you're going to go to church or some other event that was scheduled at the same time to whether a relationship with God is something that only fits in when it's convenient on your schedule or whether it should be an all-in thing from having to hide or to filter the things that you are going to say, the truths of God that you want to share with your friends and family because it's going to be too hard for them to hear or too hard for you to have to deal with the fallout. For some of you, your family looks down on you because of your faith. And for others of you, you feel all alone because none of your friends share your Christianity. And it's at those times that you wish you had known what you're getting yourself into. Is it worth it? And sadly, too often, many people say it's not. When suffering comes into your life, especially because of your faith, that faith is put to the test. And you are tempted to accuse God of being undependable and not there in our lives. When suffering like this comes, we do question whether it's worth it. But remember, just as the Lord God warned Jeremiah that suffering was going to come because of his work, the people are going to fight against him, God told him in the very first chapter of Jeremiah. God warns you and me too that suffering is going to come. Don't be surprised. Jesus said this in John chapter 15. If the world hates you, keep in mind that it hated me first. If you belong to the world, it would love you as its own. As it is, you do not belong to the world. But I have chosen you out of the world. That is why the world hates you. Beautiful, comforting words that we have been called out of the world by the Holy Spirit and God's word and the gospel to know Jesus, but at the same time, really, the world's going to hate me because I love Jesus? Suffering is going to come, and that's the hard truth. And now that I've laid that hard truth out in front of you today, how many of you want to hang out and stick around with me yet? I'm glad you're not leaving. God has encouragement for us when we do go through suffering in life. Not only does he warn us, but he gives us hope. So what do you think? How, how, did you, or how do you think Jeremiah wanted God to respond to him after this plea? Or maybe a better question is, what did Jeremiah need to actually hear from God at this moment in his life? Well, listen to what God said to him. If you repent, I will restore you that you may serve me. The Lord God clearly and simply said to Jeremiah, repent. You have sinned. Turn away from your sin that I might restore you. Now, this isn't some kind of uh, suck it up buttercup or pick up, your, you know, pick up your britches or, you know, just be a big boy. Suffering comes in life, just deal with it. It's not that sentiment at all. But instead, Jesus, our Lord God, comes to Jeremiah and says, you need to repent, you need to come before me with a humble heart that I may restore you, that I may give you hope and strengthen you in the midst of suffering. It's going to come, but I will be with you. And I will restore you. And God comes and says the same thing to you and to me today. 
when suffering comes into our life, turn to him with humble, repentant hearts. Repent of the sin that is in your life. Repent of the times that you have doubted and turned away from God in times of trouble. Repent of the times when you have hidden the light of of your Christian faith underneath the bushel. Repent, turning away from your sin and unbelief and turning in faith and trust to your Lord God. There we find comfort and joy and there we find the promise that God gives to you just as he gave to Jeremiah. I will restore you. I will make you a wall to this people, a fortified wall of bronze. They will fight against you, but will not overcome you, for I am with you to rescue and to save you. I will, deliver, I will save you from the hands of the wicked and deliver you from the grasp of the cruel. This is the hard truth, not hard to accept, but rock-solid truth. And notice the truth that God sets before you. He promises that he will restore you, that he will make you a rock-solid wall that cannot be overcome, that he will be with you, will rescue you, he will save you, he will deliver you. He doesn't say suffering's not going to come or that he's going to stop at all. But what God does promise is that when suffering comes, he's right there with you. And he is the God who is in control, even when it seems like the world is falling down around us. And he is the God who has overcome and is more powerful than anything that might happen in this life. And he is the God who has redeemed you in Christ Jesus and will keep you today and always. And this is not promises that are coming from a lazy or forgetful father, but this is a promise that comes from the eternal, perfect God. So in our moments of suffering, instead of abandoning God and turning from him, thereby abandoning the only hope and way that we have to life eternal in Christ, turn to him in faith. Find your Lord God and look to Him with a heart of trust. See, in faith, God puts His beautiful, powerful name on your heart. The name of the Lord God Almighty is on you in Christ Jesus. And you have that name, Christian, written across your forehead. Now because of that name that is on your heart and on your head, yes, you are going to be a target in this world by the unbelieving world that is going to attack and fight against you. But because you have that name of Christ on your heart, you belong to God, bought by the very blood of our Savior Jesus Christ. And because you are God's special possession, He will guard and protect you and make you His very own. Yes, the world is going to fight against you. But you have one who has fought the battle against sin and death for you in Christ Jesus and has won the victory eternally. And so we turn to him and look to him. Take these truths, these unchanging, unchangeable promises of God's deliverance and salvation and eat them up just like Jeremiah. Take them to heart and put them into practice in your life that you might find nourishment and strength of heart and soul to withstand the challenges that will come in your life. 
And as a child of God, trusting in Him, withstanding these attacks, go and be a servant of the Lord, living and proclaiming His solid truths to this world, even if they're not recepted in the best way all the time. But share these words because these are the words of life and of truth. I wish I had known what I was getting myself into. God tells you exactly the truth. He shares the hard truth that suffering is going to come because of your faith. But he shares with you the rock-solid promise that he is with you every step of the way and that he will carry you through this life and all of its challenges into the glory of eternal life. And with that attitude and with that heart, we can join together with the Apostle Paul as he says in Romans 8, I consider that our present sufferings are not worth comparing with the glory that will be revealed in us. You will suffer in this life and that that suffering and those troubles might be great. But they're nothing. They are nothing compared to the glory that is yours in your Savior Jesus Christ who has gone to the fullness of the suffering of the cross to pay for all of your sins and to give you life. And in that Savior, you are forgiven and you will stand now and forever. And that is the solid truth. Amen. The peace of God that surpasses all understanding will keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus, our Lord and Savior. listening. To learn more about God's grace or to support this ministry, please visit gracedowntown.org today. This grace is for you.